Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live Through Jesus with Courtney Gilmore. This is episode 24, and today should be a fairly quick episode. We're just going to wrap up the Abraham study by talking about the later years of Abraham's life in Genesis 25. And then we'll do a quick summary over Abraham before we move on next episode to Isaac in his adult life and his sons. Now, just as a quick side note, I'll be reading all the scripture references for you, so you're free to just sit back, listen, and absorb, or you can grab your Bible and read along. Most of the time, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but if I switch, I'll let you know. At the beginning of each episode, I'll introduce the title, so if you want the entire study in writing, you can go to livethroughjesus.com and buy it for under $5. Each one will cover two to three months' worth of episodes, and once you buy, then it'll be immediately available for download. In addition to a little extra studying, it also allows you the benefit of some charts and keyword definitions, but it isn't necessary. Okay, so let's get started. Last episode, we talked about the death of Sarah and finding a wife for Isaac. And we spent a good bit of our time on prayer and how to discern the will of God in our own personal lives. And so if you happen to miss that episode, you might want to go back and listen to it because there was a fairly good model of a prayer in that last chapter of Genesis. Okay, so let's go ahead and read the first 10 verses of Genesis 25. It says, Abraham again took a wife and her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimron, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Asherim, Latushim, and Lumim. And the sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Eldah. All these were the children of Keturah. Sorry, guys, I know that I did not say those names very well. I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce them. And the only reason that I read them is because a couple of those names we'll hear later on. Uh, Let's go ahead and read in verse 5. And Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, but Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines, which Abraham had. And while he was still living, he sent them eastward away from Isaac, his son, to the country of the east. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zoar, the Hittite, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried, and Sarah his wife. So Abraham lived 38 years after his wife Sarah died. And so he took another wife in that amount of time, and they had six more sons. And again, the reason that I read those is because some of these names you're going to see again, like Sheba and Dedan, I think maybe even one or two of those others, but you're definitely going to see Midian again. And so I wanted to make sure that y'all at least heard these names and were familiar with them. 
Midian is the father of the Midianites. And so we're going to hear about the Midianites all through the rest of the Old Testament. So I want you to make that word association between the Midianites and Abraham's son through Keturah because they would have the same relevance as the Ishmaelites or even probably Lot's children, the Moabites and the Ammonites because these are all people that are kin to Abraham and obviously Ishmael and then these children are sons of Abraham's through one of his concubines. But they're not the same as Isaac, who was, for all practical purposes, the legitimate son that was born to him and his wife, and definitely the son of the promise. And so that's why it says that he gave gifts to these sons, but he sent them away while he was still alive because he wanted them to be away from Isaac, who was going to inherit the promised land. If they already had land of their own somewhere else that Abraham had gotten them established in, then there wouldn't be any contention when he died over the land that Isaac was living in. And the promise of the inherited land was going to go through Isaac. So just as Lot's two children end up having land of their own that the Israelites can't touch, Abraham's giving Ishmael and Keturah's sons land of their own so that they don't mess with the land that is going to belong to Isaac and his descendants. And then the last part of this says that he lived to be 175. And notice it says he died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. And so I want you to look back with me in Genesis 15, 15. This is after Abraham rescued Lot in the middle of that battle of the five kings against the four kings. And he's gone to God and asked him, you've promised me all of these things, but I still don't have a son. Is it going to be through a servant that lives in my household? How is this going to work? And God said, no, there will be a son that comes from your own body that this inheritance will go through. And then he explains to him how his descendants will be strangers in a land that isn't theirs and they'll end up being held captive there but God will rescue them and eventually bring them into the promised land and then at the end verse 15 of Genesis 15 he says now as for you you shall go to your fathers in peace you shall be buried at a good old age So what he's telling Abraham here is, this is what's going to happen with your descendants. But as for you, you're going to live a peaceful life and you're going to be buried at a good old age. And that is exactly what's happened with Abraham. First of all, we know that he has lived a good, peaceful life. And then right here in verse 8, it says, He died at a good old age, an old man and full of years. And he was gathered to his people. So God fulfilled his promise that he had given to Abraham at the beginning of this journey. And then notice that Isaac and Ishmael both buried him together at the cave of Machpelah. And so whatever differences these two brothers had, they came together for the sake of their father because they both loved their father. Abraham was very good to Ishmael, always was looking out for his best interest, even though he did send him away. And so that would be something for us to note is that no matter what our differences are with others, we should be able to come together for a common cause, for something that matters to both of us, especially the death of a family member. 
Setting aside our own personal differences for the better of the group as a whole or the family as a whole is what God wants for us. And really, others deserve that. So the last part in this passage says that Abraham was buried in the same cave that he had buried Sarah in. And this is fitting, right? Because Abraham rests in the only plot of land that he ever owned outright on this earth. And it's within this vast land that eventually his entire family would inherit. The exact location of this tomb in present day is in the West Bank. And it's been a constant place of contention for hundreds of years because all three of the major faiths, the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, all count Abraham as their descendant. So just a little background on this. Abraham is the father of the Israeli nation. We'll soon find out that Isaac has two sons. One's name is Jacob and the other one's name is Esau. And Jacob's name is eventually changed to Israel. And so he is the father of the Israeli nation and therefore father of the historical Jews. But the Jews end up rejecting Jesus as their Savior. And so they part ways with us as Christians at the end of the Old Testament. But everything to that point, they believe. And so as important as Abraham is to the Christians... He may be even more important to the Jews because he is the founder of the Jews that actually are descendants of Abraham. Not the Jews that believe what the Jews believe, but the Jews that are descendants of Abraham. Because the religious Jews just believe that Jesus was not the Savior, but the historical Jews are the ones that are actually his descendants. And then the Muslims also count Abraham as their descendant and where they part ways with us as Christians is with Ishmael. Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn son and Muhammad was a descendant of him. And so they believe that the promise should have gone through Ishmael. So again, all three major faiths really begin through Abraham. I mean, obviously through Adam and then Noah, but Abraham is the beginning of the nation that follows God and eventually becomes the Israeli nation. So since this has become such a place of contention and everyone wants to be able to visit the cave where Abraham and Sarah were buried, there's been constant battle over this site between all of the religions. Presently, there is a mosque that is above the cave. And the Muslims were the ones that had control of this for centuries. And now this mosque holds Jewish and Muslim services. And it's just divided in two. Each one has a separate side that belongs to them and they're allowed to have services in. And then 10 days out of the year, each religion gets the entire mosque for that 10 days. This is the agreement that they reached in um, 1997. So part of the city of Hebron is under Israeli control and part of it is under the Palestinian authority. And what's also very interesting is that this cave is underneath the mosque and the entrance to the cave is on the Muslim side, but the tomb is on the Jewish side. So now you can see why this is such a place of contention. 
So that completes the life of Abraham. I hope that y'all have enjoyed this study and that you don't let the lessons that you've learned slip your mind because he's given us a great example, especially of faith and trust in God that we need to really keep in mind. For him to step out and go to a place that he had no knowledge of just because God told him to. And then later to be willing to sacrifice Isaac when none of that made any sense whatsoever just because God had told him to shows how much trust and faith he had in the Lord. His entire walk with God is just such an example of faith and also obedience, you know, that he did step out, do what God told him to do every time that he was asked to. He also took very good care of his family because he was constantly helping his nephew Lot, rescuing him whenever he got captured in battle, and then rescuing him again from the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In that instance, it also shows us how much compassion Abraham had for the people because he was willing to plead their case to God. It was also just a wonderful picture of his relationship with God The fact that they were so close that he could speak with him in the way that he did about Sodom and Gomorrah, that he could go to him with his questions about Ishmael and Isaac, and then ultimately that he was also asked to sacrifice his one and only son, just as God did for us with Jesus. There's no other man on this earth that has any remote idea what God went through in doing that for us but Abraham. He's the closest. He's the only one that has ever been asked to sacrifice his son in this way. And and that just gives him more closeness to the Lord. And so here's what I want to do. I want to end this by just reading a couple of places where it gives the summary of Abraham's life. The first one is found in Joshua 24, and it doesn't give a ton of information, but this is Joshua just before he dies, reminding the people where they came from and how this all started about them inheriting the promised land. And so we're going to read Joshua 24, 1 through 3. It says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, their judges, and their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I, God, took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him through all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. And then in Acts... Just before Stephen gets stoned, he's reminding them of where they came from. He's been accused of blasphemy because he's testifying for Jesus. And so beginning in chapter 7, verse 1, it says, The high priest said, Are these things so? Did you do this? Do you believe in Jesus? Are you testifying for him? Verse 2, And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to a land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him from this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way. 
that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and that they would bring them into bondage and oppress them for 400 years. And the nations to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, said God. And after that, they will come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And so those are just summaries of Abraham's life. But here in Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham and Sarah and the faith and obedience that they had towards the Lord. So we're going to read Hebrews 11, beginning in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he awaited for the city which has its foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Verse 17. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So that just reminds us of a few of the things that Abraham trusted God for. The whole theme of Abraham's life is faith and obedience. And it points us to the promises that God has and how faithful and trustworthy he is. And so I hope it's inspired you to trust God with your own life, to go to him, listen to him, Ask Him for guidance and discernment. Follow His leading. I hope it also gives you courage to just step out in faith even when you do not understand things. Let it remind you that our God is a God that sees and hears, and He has the power to intervene. He intervened in Sarah and Abraham's lives several times, definitely on behalf of Sarah and on behalf of Hagar. I hope it also helps you just to be a person that's able to persevere, that doesn't give up, that looks to God for help and strength and direction in your own life. And I hope that whenever you are tested, you're able to remember the test that Abraham went through and be able to see that God can grow us through those situations and strengthen us and that you don't let it break you. I hope that by looking at Abraham's relationship with God, that you desire a deeper relationship with him, a relationship that experiences him and doesn't just know about him. Remember also to cut away anything that covers your heart 
anything that prevents you from having that kind of relationship with Him, anything that is a barrier between you and God. Remember that He offered His only Son for you, for your life, for your salvation, for you to be able to live in heaven forever with Him, for you to not have any separation, for the sin that we have to be taken upon Jesus so that it doesn't separate us from our God, that we're able to live through Him. Remember how Abraham showed God's love to this world and be compassionate to others so that whenever they see your grace and mercy, that they will see Jesus. And I really hope, I really hope that in doing this study, that you see God's love and mercy and grace above all things. And that you believe it so fully that when someone comes to you and tells you that God is wrathful in the Old Testament, that he wiped out entire towns out of his anger, that you will be able to point them to his grace and his mercy, his patience, his desire that everyone come to know him, and that you'll have boldness to tell others about him. Thank Jesus for being your priest, your king, your sacrifice, your savior, Abraham's life pointed to all of that. So next episode, we're going to go into Isaac's life and the birth of his sons. So make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss that episode. Also, if you've enjoyed this study, leave me a five-star review and also leave comments wherever you're listening. You can also email me. My email address is Courtney at livethroughjesus.com. Thanks and have a good day.